This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. Hi, I'm Hollywood author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. We're here with our fabulous producer, Veronica. Yay. I'm back. Welcome to a Buzz Out Loud CNET's podcast of indeterminate length. First of all, I want to apologize for the feed issues over the weekend. I think we got it all figured out. So yeah. uh, Friday's podcast was available on the site, and Veronica put a note in the forum explaining it all if you want to know the rest of it. Yes. And now you should be able to get it on your iTunes or your iPod or, or your whatnot. You should, if you're listening to this, you should already have gotten the other one. And just so you know, if you don't see it uh, in your reader... Try podcast.cnet.com. That is kind of our podcast home at CNET. And you can usually get the MP3 file there before it is available via the feed. That's our little backup. I'm so dedicated that I tried to publish it from home. I know. On my day off. On her vacation. And it just, I couldn't make the notepad work right. It was because I didn't have, um, I was trying, I was getting in through RDC. Uh And I got it so I could find my desktop and everything everything was going great but then in notepad it was acting like the insert button wasn't pushed Mm. so every time i tried to type it would copy over things so i just couldn't get the xml updated but i could publish it thank you i tried i really did it's all good now yes it's all good now and that is what we love about veronica uh thanks to (laughs) hardest working little producer in show business (laughs) thanks to adam and peter john and several other people who uh, those are the first two i saw who sent us the link to the Washington Post story about Bell South withdrawing the donation of a building to New Orleans immediately, suspiciously, after New Orleans announced that they would deploy a city-owned wireless internet network. Unbelievable. So this building was a uh, damaged Bell South building they were going to give over to the city mm-hmm. and it would have housed new police headquarters. Right. But now it's being delayed, says Bell South. Right. And then according to some city officials, the head of Bell South's Louisiana operations actually did just say in a conversation with the New Orleans Homeland Security Director, we're not doing this. We're not giving you this building over yeah. this Wi-Fi thing. The, uh, the PR people are like, oh, no, no. It's just there are some issues to work around. But uh, yeah. Yeah. This is just... This is just I mean, coming as it does right on the heels of the announcement of citywide Wi-Fi, this is horrible. Yeah. This is just like kick them when they're down. I mean, this is a city that, that it's it's not like people want to provide internet access in the city of New Orleans and in Mississippi and in other areas that were devastated by these hurricanes on a lark. It's so that they can communicate because they have no other way to communicate. And let's be clear, this is somewhat separate from our discussions on earlier podcasts about whether government should be involved in running Wi-Fi or not. This is the right now. This is an emergency Wi-Fi network, and it may or may not stay around. That's to be debated. And we have debated that. But this is something that is absolutely needed right now. And the government is the right person to provide it right now because they are the people in charge of the emergency in New Orleans. Exactly. And so to say, well, if you're going to give them emergency Wi-Fi access, you know, Bell then South isn't rolling out building. emergency Wi-Fi access. Yeah. Nor did they, as far as I know, during the act- during the sort of worst parts of the hurricane. Not that the worst parts are over, but, you know. And I'm not sure that they didn't cooperate as much as they could. There was a lot of damage. But right. come but on, they, yeah. people need this stuff right now. And to, to play politics with it is disgusting. Well, to play corporate greed. Bell South obviously has just reached a point in their corporate arrogance, it, it seems now, that where they don't even care about PR. Because remember, this is also the company that we were talking about last week saying we might charge companies to serve up their web pages faster. Yeah. I mean, that uh, clearly, I think I called them drunk on power last week, and now I think they're cracked up on power. Like, it's just, <laughs> what are you thinking? Does anyone ever get hung over on power? <laughs> 
Uh, well, hopefully they will have a power hangover when yeah. people start calling and emailing them nonstop. They're going to have a PR hangover. Right. To the person, everyone who sent us an email about this was just reacting in the shock and horror that I think is only appropriate. That you're going to mess around with the police headquarters yeah. of I mean, the I'm, city? I'm sorry, they need, they need this. Yeah. They really need this. And now they're going, well, there are still just some issues with us in the city. Yeah, your, your issue is greed. Knock it off. Speaking of not being happy with big corporations, uh, <laughs> like as we were putting together the preparations here, we got an email from C.S. Deji. I'm sure I'm totally mispronouncing your email. <laughs> How do you pronounce email names anyway? But yeah. uh, there is a posting on GadgetReview.com alleging that, uh, or no, 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 no. This, I'm sorry, I've got the wrong link open. We'll talk about that posting in a minute. Oh, but yes. there's a news story on Yahoo that a man in Chicago is bringing a class action lawsuit against Xbox 360 mm-hmm. over the overheating power supply and the freezing up. Yeah, he says it that, has a design flaw. And he's saying that they rushed to release it before it was ready and so that they are liable. They, they sold a defectively designed product. Huh. Well... I don't know. It'll probably be, probably do just about as well as the iPod Nano lawsuit, which is it may or may not be settled for not very much money that most of which will go to the lawyers. Yeah. And you may <laughs> or may not get 20 cents or, some, you know, five dollars. Yeah. Back. You know, it's not worth it. Just return it. Seriously. Well, I have to say Microsoft has been seemed to have been fairly cooperative yeah. in at least trying to make up for it and taking it back and. Uh, setting up a corporate number for you to call right. if you have a defective Xbox and 360, not, which usually doesn't happen. Yeah, and not like they most companies. They shouldn't have put it out defectively in the first place. Right, but I mean, it's not like Sony, which completely denied the even the vague possibility that the PSPs had defective screens and that they really did have an actual dead pixel problem. And Microsoft wasn't even directing people back to the stores. They were saying, come to us and we'll get you a new box. And you know what? If you're still not happy with it, just take it back to the store and wait for the PS3. Like, this is just... I don't know. It just feels really whiny to me. Yeah. I mean, they have a case, but... Yeah, I like think Microsoft say. did probably rush it to market because it, it is no small feat to be the only major next-generation console on the market in time for the holidays. Now, back to the, uh, the posting that I almost started talking about, but GadgetReview.com uh, says that Xbox 360 backwards compatibility is totally crap. <laughs> in a word, it's crap. The posting says uh, that he's been trying to play older games and has had nonstop kind of crashing and freezing choppy stuff. And he says, uh, you would think Microsoft's new system, which is supposedly eight times as powerful as the original, could run one of Microsoft's biggest titles on the old Xbox. Sounds like the problems one has when one uses an emulator. Yes. Which is what's going on here. Yeah, exactly. This is, And we've talked about this before, which is why the software, the backward compatibility doesn't work with the core system because you need, it's a software-based compatibility so if you guys are having issues with this uh post to the forums let us know yeah we want to know go to forums.cnet.com to the buzz out loud lounge do you hate your xbox uh our man in new york will greenwald uh posted something on our alpha blog about some power tests he did with the xbox 360 because one of the reasons the for the defectiveness as we mentioned is the power supply Mm -hmm. he tested the box using x-tex ma200 power meter which gives real-time power consumption results and it turns out the xbox 360 draws about 160 watts of power which, if you don't know, is over twice as much as the original Xbox, which draws <laughs> I 74 love how you watts. Say, which, if you don't know, like yeah. you've been. <laughs> well, 160 watts of power could mean anything, it right? It doesn't that's, sound very much. That's yeah. twice as much as what the Xbox drew. And uh, the PlayStation True only draws about 50 watts yeah. of power. Well, and I think what is 
extremely significant is that he's saying that playing the Xbox 360 for an average of four hours a day, let's translate this into cash, will eat up about 233 kilowatt hours per year, depending on where you live. That's an annual bill of 10 to $35 for the Xbox 360 alone. Yeah, this is not good for the environment, even. Yeah. I I mean, mean, and he says, I mean... It's really it, not good for your power bill. We should clarify, it is not as big a power hog as, say, a refrigerator or an oven, or maybe even your TV, but it uses double the electricity of any other game console on the market. But yeah, it's definitely using more electricity than an AV receiver or a DVD player or, or you know, a TiVo would mm-hmm. use, which is kind of what it's supposed to be equivalent to. Right. It shouldn't be running like a refrigerator. Well, yeah, and what... <laughs> you know? <laughs> it shouldn't be even used in the same sentence in power <laughs> consumption as refrigerator. That's, that's kind of what's going wrong here. Yeah, and what would happen then if you were using it all the time to stream video like you're supposed to or stream your music or stream your movies anyway i i think i want to we also just want to point out that this is just a cool test and i don't i don't know if anybody else thought of doing this and i thought it was really clever that they were like oh well let's test the power yeah good job will yeah uh in google world domination watch yes you found this uh on the blog news channel they have a whole google actually i found this on dig oh you did okay via dig uh google calendar expected tomorrow yeah apparently it was rumored a long time ago and that's such an old rumor that i don't even know i i don't even remember it but um apparently they will offer a calendaring feature which makes sense i guess if you're going to do the whole do the email and maybe do the office suite and maybe become your own little uh remote operating system you got to have calendaring what kind of calendar is it going to be though it says that it's going to be some company's calendar format not googly (laughs) <laughs> that's their word not uh, googly as long as a brand new incompatible format yeah converters hmm. converters from but not to other formats the rumors are running wild but yeah. uh yeah eventually uh, they already have a dress book they have inbox right so they go calendar and then give us a notepad and all of a sudden they're yahoo mail calendar makes sense although you know i have to say i just i know this is just an awful thing to say because no one ever agrees with me but i love exchange i don't agree with you i love it I just had to say that. Too. I love the meeting requests and the seeing the other people calendars. I, I love it. I don't know if it's the usability that is as much of a problem with Exchange anymore yeah. as it is the, the performance and the security. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, but I think you don't until, love Exchange when it's down. That is very true. I can tell testify I, to that. What I will say is that I've tried to use like Yahoo calendars and other sort of calendaring apps, and it's great if it's only you. But if I want to see any, I don't know. I feel like the, the web-based, yeah, the, the web-based calendar sharing is still just not all the way there yet. And and we talked about a, uh, this earlier on a, another podcast. I think open source's big gaping hole is there's not an open source calendaring app. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, there are. Just hold on, don't write the email yet. <laughs> there are, but there is not. There is not one on the level of say a Firefox right. or an Open Office. I don't think you've ended off any emails. I have yeah, to say. they're already in my <laughs> inbox. I, all I got to do is look. And uh, we're going to talk a little more about something non-DRM related that Sony's doing that's drawing some ire. Uh, France being hostile to open source software. Your voicemails and emails in a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Oh, Sony, you're so funny how you'd never get it. This is on Wired. Never do it right. I think you saw it on news.com as well, Yeah, right? it's also on Market Street. <laughs> Did you see one yourself? <laughs> really? We should tell them what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, Sony has come out with a new ad campaign for the PSP that involves graffiti on the sides of buildings. Dude, if you're getting your marketing ideas from The Apprentice... 
you're going the wrong direction. Oh, it's so bad. Really? It's you've so seen cheesy. so you've seen the cheesy graffiti? Okay, well, first I saw pictures of it. I uh-huh. think I saw them on Dig as well, like last week. And um, it reminded me of that ad campaign that Microsoft did that they did in Boston and New York and a few other places for one of their versions of Windows. I don't remember. And so it's just these giant little quasi-graffiti-esque dudes like playing with PSPs (laughs) and doing alternative things like skateboarding. Uh, Yeah, um, that's so extreme. And when I saw it, someone had actually taken real spray paint and scribbled them out. Oh, yeah. Right. Someone spray painted over them and like tagged terrible things. and It was pretty funny. And apparently that has been happening here. Yeah, I mean, come on. They say, (laughs) I love the Wired article, which is so dry. It says, Critics have expressed their disapproval by adding some spray paint of their own to the Sony ads. Yeah. And then, I can imagine. And then today, or yesterday when I went by on the bus, it was actually painted over in oh, red paint. Yeah. So someone had come by and painted the entire wall red. I don't know. Maybe the people that own the wall. You it's know a, what? And outside crit- a mission restaurant, they added the word phony. F-O-N-Y. Uh, yeah. they, uh, the, the, peop- the critics didn't pay for the right to do this either, though. Sony did. Sony went in and paid the owners like a yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah, because they're the so street. <laughs> <laughs> but they were fully licensed. But you want to know what happened? <laughs> we're talking about it. We are talking about it, and that's why they do this stuff. I don't know though. Really, tools. <laughs> like if you want the PSP, you want the PSP. But you're like urban graffiti outreach thing. I know. We talk about the it's PSP. It's so anyway. insulting for another thing. Oh, I remember where I saw it. It was on Metro Blogging SF. Oh, okay, mm, that's where it was. Um, Wikipedia, speaking of uh, companies getting kind of bad rap Which lately. I still like and I, I use, and I have never had a problem, but boy, I hear lots of bad things about well, it. Well, so. I mean, you haven't had a problem, but Yet. do you believe everything you read on Wikipedia? I think that's the question here. I have run, I have used Wikipedia and not had something where that turned out later to be untrue. Yeah. I, I have not experienced that. Other people have experienced well, that. Yeah, I will tell you that I do not use Wiki- Wikipedia as a source. It's no, not I would usually, never... it is never my single source. So from in terms of journalistic behavior, like it's not yeah, a trustworthy I source. I don't use it for researching columns, I, but I, you know, bar bets and you oh, know, people yeah. are like, well, what about this? Or what <laughs> happened then? And, you know, that kind of stuff. So there were a couple incidents recently. Obviously, there was the um, assistant to Robert Kennedy who was saying that Wikipedia was totally irresponsible and maybe libeled him for suggesting he may have been involved in the assassinations of Robert F. Kennedy and John F. Kennedy. Not very nice. And then, of course, there was the um, Adam Curry podcasting flip yes. where he was suspected of anonymously editing Wikipedia to inflate his own importance. So the Wikipedia creators say uh, that Wikipedia founder Jimmy Wales now says the pretty big change to Wikipedia. Anonymous users will no longer be allowed to create new articles. I, Only registered users can do this, which makes perfect sense. To I kind of wondered how they got this far without doing that. I know. Honestly. Yeah. Because, I mean, one of the rules of online communities is if you want a quality community, make them register. Because yeah. it's just a roadblock to keep the trolls and the flame baits out. I know. I think that's pretty surprising that they weren't doing that all along, actually. And to me, that <laughs> to me, this admission almost opens them up to more criticism. Like, oh, you really? Any Anybody? Well, it is. It, on the other hand, it's almost like, wow, it's that it's as good as it is without having done that. You're so that's, positive. It's kind of inc- insane. That's true. Anyway, anonymous users will still be able to edit existing entries, but they will no longer be able to create new articles. Now, Fair enough. A little warning here. I know it's always easy to pick on France, <laughs> uh, especially if you're English. But this is, this is just uh, <laughs> which none of us are. No, but some of you maybe. But Chris Pavey is who wrote the theme song to Buzz Out Loud, and. Oh, yeah. uh, 
According to the Free Software Foundation of France website, the this French awesome. Department of Culture is telling free software providers that they will be required to change their licenses. You shall stop publishing free software. Oh, no, no, no. Don't go there. And warn they are ready to sue free software authors who will keep on publishing source code. So, in other words, they're saying you can't give away software and you can't publish the source code. Yes. No, that it, is because that is giving access to culture that is that is giving illegitimate access to culture. Now, one thing to understand here is that in France, they have a, a whole institution in the government to protect the French culture. Right. I mean, there is a the there's an institute of, of language that mm-hmm. protects the French language. So we're dealing with an entirely different culture here to begin with. It's right. not all about free and open access. It's about maintaining the integrity of the culture. But how on earth does this apply to software? I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone know? I mean, know? there's a tenuous connection there, but uh, and I'm sure somebody does know. And I'm sure At someone best. from France can write and explain it to me. But Yeah, what is the tenuous connection? Yeah. Well, I mean, the best I can come up with is that uh, if I'm from France and mm-hmm. I publish something uh, and then I make the code open, then that allows it to be corrupted by all of these non-French cultures. So if it was good, pure French code to start with, then it could get screwed long, up. No, by it has, should stay good French code. Yeah, no, it shouldn't that's what I'm saying. Be given to anyone else. Huh? I I don't know. That's the best I can come up. Yeah, with. Yeah, I don't know either. It's but har- it's pretty, quite hard to understand. This I, is kind of one of. The, <laughs> there have been a lot of challenges to open source source software over the years. This is one I don't think I would have expected. The reason I, we haven't got a good explanation for it is that almost every opponent of this is pretty much just jumping to the conclusion that this is another way to control things and keep right. revenue in the hands of copyright holders and yeah, oppose I mean, open source. That yeah. there really isn't any real good reason for this. Yeah, I can't imagine what there could be. And it's really, yeah, it's hard for me to imagine it as well. Uh, Windows Vista. Speaking of software we like to make fun of. This is it. If we had, when we get the video <laughs> podcast, we should do wavy lines and like flashback to, and pretend like we're flashing back to you talking to Microsoft during Windows XP days. Seriously. Okay. I don't know if you guys know, but I used to be a reviews editor here at CNET before I got the fun job. And I used to cover operating systems, which was actually a fun job. And I would meet with Microsoft for like months in advance of whatever new OS was coming out. So we had these meetings about Windows XP. And one of the things they said during one of the meetings was, Man, and I and I believe they also said this publicly. I should be clear. I'm not just breaking a confidence. Publicly, they said at press meetings, Windows Vista or Windows XP will be able to uh, receive updates without rebooting, whether it be software or Windows updates. That I have never not nope, had ha- to. Doesn't update really happen. Windows XP. I mean, I think actually there've been a couple patches there. I was extraordinarily surprised to find out that it didn't ask, ask me to reboot. Right, but, but the ne- majority of them third-party software never. Yeah. No, no, never. So now they say Windows Vista though will totally have this new job he called the Restart Manager, which will quote update parts of the operating system or applications without having to reboot the entire machine. Whatever. Sometimes. Hey, I'll believe it when I see Windows Vista. There's a sometimes buried in there, too. Yeah, there totally is. You know there is. Not only will I believe this feature when I see it, I'll believe it when that stupid operating system ever actually arrives. We should have put this next bit up by... I uh, call it the unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Windows unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious we should have put this next bit up by uh, wikipedia and, that's true and with the the open soft software things but merriam webster has launched an online dictionary that is open it allows you to submit words and their definitions oh like funny words yeah like right now gazillion <laughs> is one of the more recent entries right uh, em- empidextrous and wiki envy Wiki Envy. Here's another one. <laughs> I and Schneegel, a cross between a schnauzer and a beagle. Aww. Now, one thing that's interesting is that they do allow anonymous submissions. 
I see. Well, and I, obviously this is meant to be just like a buzz thing where you just visit it because it's funny. I mean, I it's sort of the, it seems like the dictionary version of that forward that you always get with the funny uh, word. Oh, right. Oh, that's a funny word. I think they'll probably use it to research what word should go in the next official d- edition. Yeah, could be. Is what they've said. Could be. So it's a good what way they to should the have is um, a dig or corrosion style kind of social networking thing where you can vote on whether the, the word is appropriate or actually really use it or that mm, kind of thing. They might do that. Yeah. Uh, we got some voicemails to get to. We got a lot. And Mark from Boulder is getting in on the whole Wi-Fi government discussion. Hi, Tom, Molly, and Veronica. This is Mark Milliman calling from Boulder. Hey, I was just listening to the latest Buzz Out Loud, and uh, you guys are all wet and missing the point on the municipal Wi-Fi. It's really not the government's role to get involved in uh, these types of things and provide these types of services. I mean, that's providence of the of private enterprise. Uh, you know, basically, the reason is, I mean, the government isn't good at doing anything. If you guys can give me a good example of uh, the government doing anything efficiently and effectively, well, then great. But uh, the only thing they're good at is creating a big bureaucracy and spending more money. Uh, that's why the government slowly moved out of uh, providing uh, utility-type services. Uh, I don't have a problem with the government doing this in conjunction with private enterprise and, and allowing private enterprise to have access to sell services over that and to share the cost and pay for the cost and to actually manage it. Uh, but uh, I do have a major problem having municipalities do this. Uh, there's plenty of uh, companies out there in competition that could do it and do it very efficiently and effectively. And then, of course, you got the Big Brother aspect of them knowing what you're doing and policing what you do every moment. So that's my thoughts on that, and hopefully uh, set you guys straight. Take care, and love the show. Bye. Well, first of all... You're all wet, Tom. <laughs> I am wet. <laughs> How he knew that, I have no idea. But it was raining that day I, he sent that. I um, personally do not feel set straight. No, I... I I respectfully disagree. Yes. I think things like highways mm-hmm. are fairly well done mm-hmm. and would not be as well done in private hands. And I think the telephone industry and the electrical industry needed government regulation to get them launched in the beginning. It was yeah. a cooperation with private enterprise. And maybe that's his point. I'll give him a little bit on that. Like right. bringing private enterprise in at the beginning is always a good idea. But I think that's what New Orleans intends to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's what's definitely what San Francisco intends to do. Yes. Definitely. Uh, but I just think the idea that you should totally oppose the cities helping to jumpstart this industry. And then when they're mature industries, when the infrastructure has been laid out, that is the time, in my opinion, we're getting a little bit into politics and civics here. But in my right. opinion, that's when the government should step back and say, OK, we've helped get things started. It, to me, it's analogous to patent, what patent law is supposed to do. Patent law is supposed to foster innovation so that you can uh, a company can successfully develop products without the risk of somebody else stealing all their market share. Right. This is sort of the government's job is to get that infrastructure going to help develop it well, so that then it can turn into an industry. Yeah. And part of that to me is about access and providing access to people who might not otherwise be able to get it because we know that corporations are obviously going to charge to things, charge maybe a lot for things without which you are at a significant disadvantage in the social network. So if you don't have internet access in today's world and you can't afford it, you are at a significant disadvantage educationally or just socially. I think what we can agree with is that when the market is efficient, that is the best way. Exactly. It's what people disagree about is when is the market more efficient and when is right. it? Right. And they probably always will and so will we. So we will move on. Move on to Mike in Roanoke, Virginia, who has a little insight on retail. Hi, Tom, Molly, Veronica. This is Mike from Roanoke, Virginia. 
I was going to call you a comment about the uh, Best Buy Switch package deal. Uh, as a former employee, I am not surprised to do this at all. Uh, they're a very pushy company about selling accessories and stuff. It makes the management of the store look very well, very good uh, when they sell all those accessories. So I'm not surprised at all that they tried to push those on people without even giving them a choice. I uh, just want to put my uh, two cents down there. Thanks. We'll be back in. Bye-bye. Best Buy Pushy? Yeah, what a, a surprise. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't buy one of the extended warranties on, on my iPod. Did they kick you? They almost did. The she shins? looked at me like I insulted her mother. Yeah. She's like, really? You don't want that? They're pushy. You dumb? Me personally? I said, yeah. I'm I dumb. stay out of stores. <laughs> I'm just dumb. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very uh, susceptible to pushiness. All right. Ken in Washington, D.C. has a question. Hi, gang. This is Ken from Washington, D.C. Long time, first time caller. Uh, I was listening to your podcast on my way to work today and heard uh, the article about or your quick review of uh, mp3tunes.com, and I wanted to know a little more information about it. Uh, to me, this seems like the killer uh, web service app, uh, more so than network storage, because you can stream uh, your mp3s to your cell phone or... Well, that was my question is, is this the uh, iPod killer? Uh, will we be able to stream our MP3s over to our phone? They'd be clients for certain cell phones and, and uh, more information like that. Uh, if you can give this to me, I'd be very appreciative. Well, thanks for the podcast. See you later. Bye. Is this an iPod killer? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. Can it stream to a phone? No, not yet. But yes, they say soon. Their, their intention is to roll out uh, support for all kinds of handheld devices. So we'll see what happens. For, so first, we have to see if they get to that point, right. which they say they will. Once they do, we have to see how well it works. And then could it kill an iPod? Maybe. Maybe. People have thought that subscription services would kill an iPod. So the idea of kind of remotely stored music, it's your music, but you essentially subscribe to it, kind of, or something, and then I you can put see, it wherever you want. I could see how it would work, right? Where I'm like, well, I don't have to buy a music player. It could be a music player killer. I, yeah. I can I my if my have my cell phone and it has good enough sound, which is which is the they thing. don't always do. Yeah. Then I if I can get my whole MP3 collection from the web, you know. In some, I think this plus a bunch of other stuff could be an iPod killer, but this alone probably connectivity not. is always an issue though. Yeah. You don't want to not be able to listen to your tunes because you're out of cell phone service range. And what a good segue into Trip's call about the Apple DVR rumors. Hey guys, it's uh, Trip here. I didn't see a, a Friday uh, podcast, so I hope this isn't old news, but I was reading up on Think Secret today about the uh, super secret, uh, maybe it'll have, maybe it won't, Apple DVR, and apparently it's going to run off of uh, Mac's iDrive, which is its internet storage, basically, and so essentially you're going to have to rely on a, on a network storage drive that isn't in your home, so you're kind of at the mercy of having a an intercon- internet connection as well as having... Uh, a fast enough download speed so you can get your movies if they are able to uh, pair up with all these studios that they're talking about having a sort of iTunes for television and movie content. So I know that's a lot, but uh, what do y'all think about that? I'm just not digging the, I've got to keep all of my files uh, somewhere that I'll never have direct access to. Sounds a little DRM malicious. But anyway, talk to y'all soon. Keep up the good work. Thanks. 
I hadn't seen that one. I had not. Trip, Trip do you work for Apple? How do you know this? <laughs> I haven't heard this iDrive thing. He said he saw it on the web. Um, yeah, I don't think I would necessarily want to store. I don't know. I, you know, I was about to say I don't want to show, store my shows on someone else's network, but I, I actually think that everyone should be doing terminal computing and storing all their data somewhere. So, <laughs> my my thing, my best guess, if they did something like this, that there would be, you know, as there always are, three levels. Of, of service, you yeah. probably get a small hard drive in one that relies mostly on the iDrive, mm-hmm. and then a, a little bigger local storage and a little bigger local storage, depending on how much you want to spend. Right. They're going to always put a little bit of storage, but they may say, hey, you know, you can get a DVR for, for $20. But the question... It's only got one hour of storage, but you can store <laughs> unlimited amounts on your iDrive. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. But the question of um, how, what will be the exact operation of the as-yet-mythical Apple DVR might be getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We'll see. Now they're saying that TiVo to go, by the way, will be available on the Mac sometime around mid two thousand six. So hopefully they won't be getting to that market like right after Steve Jobs already. Pro and TiVo to go together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Pretty some kind cool. of some kind of mashup going there. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's why that's everybody thinks happen. Apple will do yeah. a DVR. So. And then you throw an iDrive in there. You know, yeah, as extra storage, that's actually great. As extra storage is pretty cool. As network attached storage, pretty cool. Yeah, network attached storage that doesn't involve a hard drive. I like it. Maybe I shouldn't sell that Mac Mini after all. Just kidding. Jeff from Shreveport. Internet is not an addiction. Okay. Okay. This is Jeff in Shreveport. I wanted to say about addiction and something to the internet is, well, it's not an addiction. I mean, just because you do something all the time, it doesn't mean you're addicted. I mean, our folks are addicted to TV or to driving or to, you know, other things we just do or do a lot. Personally, I've scaled back on my TV watching for, for computing time. And a lot of that is for, is for the internet. It's not an addiction. Anyway, I will um, look for your reply. See you. Dude, you're addicted. Accept it. You're not addicted to driving. You could be addicted to television the same way you're People, saying yeah. you're addicted to web. Yeah, which is that you are psychologically, you need it. You need it. I need it. I don't care. I admit it. I can't stop. I'm that's doing it right step. now. You heard Veronica typing in the background. She's doing it too. All right, let's uh, go to some email. Ethan uh, complains that we never talk about opera. That's not true. Uh, we talked we, about opera that one time. We don't talk about it enough. <laughs> opera is a fantastic free browser. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's good and it's free, but I don't think it's fantastic and I don't use it and neither do you. So don't be talking about how it's so fantastic. I do use it occasionally. I like Firefox better, but I think it is a fantastic free browser. I think it is good, but not fantastic. You could tell me you disagree, but you can't tell me I don't think it's fantastic when I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an argument that you and I have to have later at home. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Char- anyway, we're sorry. Charlie Craig and Melissa both uh, corrected my pronunci- pronunciation of Wappingers Falls in New York. I said Wappingers. <laughs> A little TiVo news. Eric says he is participating in the TiVo beta program. Dun, dun, dun. And there are some really cool new tools on his TiVo box that he can't tell us about due to his NDA. Oh. But... He says... Don't sign NDAs, Eric. My home networking functionality is working overtime right now, and it's not pulling from any computers in my house. Ooh, interesting. This will be of interest to Ken from Washington, D.C. Lee wrote in. She tried MP3 Tunes. She signed up for the paid account. And while she loves the idea, she thinks the syncing software is kind of stinky. She hasn't had a good experience with it yet. I haven't yet got around to trying it again since the fire drill. Really, syncing is hard. No yeah. one's gotten it. Even Palm like doesn't always have syncing right. Nick in Alaska says he has to take his gloves off to use the scroll wheel on his iPod. Because he's cold. Because he's in Alaska. It's cold because he's in Alaska. I wasn't sure from his email, but it sounded like it used to work better. And yeah. now it doesn't. So he has to take his glove off. But I think maybe it's because he got a new iPod because the new ones actually don't 
move. Mm. And it's like the heat. It's part. It's at least partially the heat from your thumb. Like it's Is designed it really? to be. Oh, okay. I think the heat and the the touching thing. I don't so know. try pushing a little harder and maybe uh, yeah. sticking your uh, glove finger in your mouth to warm it up. <laughs> no, he's in Alaska. It'll freeze right away. <laughs> well, it's not a metal. Anyway, glove. shout out to Alaska, where my cousin Lewis also lives. Uh, Jenny wrote in. She thinks the, the we misunderstood the the main factor in the SBC and Bell South thing. She's thinking the ISP is really uh, the main threat. But my issue is if they try to degrade service at the ISP to websites that don't pay them, which yeah. is the issue here, that people will, could just switch to other ISPs. Right. I mean. I know that people think there's only two choices, cable and DSL, <laughs> but there are also plenty of other ISPs in your area. I don't use SBC in mm-hmm. this area. I, DSL, I use a third-party ISP, and it's great because right. I have better service. Where it does become a problem is at beyond that ISP level, and that's yes. what we were trying to say. Yeah, exactly. So if, if your ISP starts doing this, by the way, switch. And if you have Bell South, switch. Shout out to Jay Bear in Castro Valley, California. He says we keep him awake on bar. We got... Aww. <laughs> don't miss your top you miss your top it's Pal Street uh, and salama to Michael Andre Diaz de Rivera in Antipolo Central Luzon show off to us. <laughs> keep the calls and emails uh, come in 800-616-CNET or buzz at cnet.com is the email address and of course post in our forums forums.cnet.com and the buzz out wild lounge see you there bye bye, bye.